Bring out Elizabeth Selwyn. The tortured souls cried out in agony as the flames mounted higher and higher. Burn, witch, burn, witch, burn, burn, burn. Those I've said of these stones today, the actual practice of witchcraft in the 17th century. So, uh, yeah, so there's always going to be that. But you know what? At that point, I was already, you know, from my previous job working um, in the office full time anyway. So I don't care one way or the other. As long as I have a job, I get a steady paycheck. I'm, I don't care if they want me to work from home or not. Amen to that, man. Yeah. Amen to that. So there's been a lot of horror going on recently, and there's a lot of stuff that we've been talking about that we wanted to uh, check out. Um, and there's a, like a whole list of stuff that we haven't really discussed. And we've been talking about um, X and then Pearl, and then there's whatever the third part in this trilogy is supposed to be. Um, we talked about the, the menu, which is our subject matter for for today's discussion not yet not yet i don't have access to it man oh <laughs> fuck all right i only saw all right i only saw a part of uh 1899 the beginning oh okay so you saw did you watch the first episode about halfway oh okay so so we have 1899 um and to spin, to also the the show the uh dark or dark whatever if it's the dark or dark it was like uh the same writers and producers of that series did you watch that no no okay so i started um, that year like a year or two ago i saw an episode or two and then for some reason i fell out of it but i enjoyed it i like the atmosphere i like the um it's unsettling, but it's a slow burn. You you know, and I like stories that take their time. I I don't necessarily, um, you know, subscribe to. I, I I need that instant gratification. But then again, I mean, if you're telling a a slasher, you know what I mean. You want to get into the the horror of it. You know what I mean. Depending upon the movie, but um, so. 1899 was another one that we were talking about. And uh, so now that I finished that one, I'll, I'm not saying any. We haven't discussed any of these shows. I know. I know. Um, well, there was a reason I stopped at about halfway. Oh, OK. <laughs> um, Tell me. It was, man, that writing was was heavy handed. It was heavy handed. And and if it's one way to get me out of a show, it's heavy handed writing. Like where I'm sitting and watching it start out in the f- opening scene. All right. She's in the uh, like the, the it, uh, like asylum or whatever. I was like, all right, this is good. This is good. She sees the silhouette of her father. OK, good, good. And then she's transported to that ship. And she's repeating lines, explaining to the audience basically what's going on. And it was just done in such a heavy-handed way where I was like, come on, come on. And then the next scene, they what all the effect because remember when you're writing something, you're portraying information, you're presenting information to the audience. The first scene, they talk about the ship that uh the, the previous ship that sank. Right. The second scene, they have characters talking. They're discussing the ship that sank. The third scene, they, you know, they got two other characters, different scenario. I think they're the um, the the coal uh, guys that you know, because these ships are all steam and then coal or whatever, right? And they're discussing the ship that sank. 
why do you keep repeating the same thing? It's like you have to, you know. There, there's a point to that. There's techniques. There's techniques to use, right. you know. But it just was so heavy-handed. I like the scene where all of a sudden they're all drinking tea at the same time. I was like, all right, that's interesting. But yep. then subsequent scenes were like so just not subtle at all, you know, with the writing. You're, and it just, yeah. I I understand where you're coming from. And I know some of those things are important. And, you know, believe me, that because especially when you're when you're presented with a story when the when when the dialogue is straight on the nose you you kind of it, it shakes you out of this reality that they're trying to present to you and you know i'm a stickler for dialogue like that's so yes. you know, it, it is important but it has its place too yeah because because as someone who's still you know struggling as as a screenwriter yeah you know, that's something that I constantly have to go over and over and over when where I'm not happy with the dialogue, have to keep writing a different way. How do you portray that information to the audience without making it seem heavy handed? And that's like, for example, why I can't watch anime because it's so heavy handed with the dialogue. You know, yeah. they're like, oh, we're happy because blah, blah, blah. Is it, you know, it's like you can't do that. It's too. <laughs> yeah, well, some some of that is a translation problem too. I, I much, suppose, yeah. Much of the anime is translated from Japanese, etc. So, you yeah. know, it's it's tough, and yeah, you're you're right. Sometimes the dialogue, especially in those animes, um, the dialogue can be very uh, childish. Exactly, and and that's why also with with screenwriting is whenever you can, as much as you can, you show, you don't tell, you don't. It put it in the dialogue, you put it in action or scene or whatever, you know. All scenario. I can tell you is that this story will unfold and okay. will at, at times um trying to think of an analogy. I don't want to give anything away, but um did you ever see uh Westworld on HBO? I've seen I think I saw it at the beginning. Yeah, uh, like the, first maybe the first season. Yeah. Okay. Parts, so, parts of it, not even the whole thing. Right. So th that leaves you guessing. It leaves you like, what the fuck is happening on this show? Like, what is going on? And right. then later, as the show develops, you realize they're playing with with time and and, okay. and the way and the way these scenes were unfolding, you know, and uh and so some of this, especially the repetition. Serves is a, a purpose. It does. Is it there's okay. a device. Uh, so okay. you want, some of this you have to kind of like, you know, take with a grain of salt and let it unfold. Um, okay. I don't want. I don't want to. I don't want to give. give you, I don't want to give it away, and I don't want to give you my opinion on this because I want to okay. talk to you about it. Um, but I think it may be something that you will watch that okay. you, that you may you may get some value from it. It's not perfect, um, right. But I, I, there were moments of confusion which yeah were, was on purpose because it's a mystery that you have to unravel um but they make they don't make it easy okay and uh, all right so i i, I don't I, I would like to talk to you about it rather than I'll, uh, talk I mean, about I'll, it i'll continue i mean i'll i'll you know maybe tonight i'll i'll watch the uh the rest of that first episode um catch catch two episodes and if it doesn't hook you in by then then yeah. we'll just talk about it because I uh, ended up watching after, wait, was it before or after? 
Um, then I, I watched uh, Cabinet of Curiosities, the uh, Del Toro show. Right. Uh, the episode, I think it was seven, where it was uh, about um, uh, Love, Lovecraft. It was a Lovecraft short story. And that one started out real strong, but then about midway, I think it lost some coherence. Now, I don't know. I never read the short story, but it it, um, it maybe it works better as a written story than than it did on on film on, you know, um, it out. Well, I mean, there were a, a few Lovecraft stories, um, so. The one, the, uh, yeah, with the painting, which one is this? The painter, the painter, yeah. the one with uh, Crispin Glover, yeah, yep. Uh, that was very different. Yeah, that was different from from the uh, from the short story, and okay. you know, a lot of people, especially um, when you have a when you're passionate about something, as you know, like you know, when you're um, like I, I'm a Tolkien fanatic, you know, and uh, right. So right. when you're passionate about something and they you feel like that they're bastardizing the, right. the works that you love, um, right. it, there's a there's a certain trepidation before you watch it, and then as you're watching it and it, as the story unfolds, and you're like, well, this isn't the the fucking story at all. Like right. you had a right. perfectly good story that yeah. has a fan base. Why wouldn't right. you? Why wouldn't you give them? You know, yeah. why wouldn't you give them the story that that everyone wants to see? Right. And and there's also the story that the director wants to tell or the yes. or the writers, you know what I mean? So Right. And so there it's like, oh, well this lends itself to to this type of story that I, you know, that you know, you I want to change things up a little bit. I don't necessarily want to deliver the same thing. So there are certain things I'm more forgiving of, like I'm more forgiving of, uh, you know, Robert Jordan's The Wheel of Time uh, TV series, even though I think they completely screwed it up. Um, yeah. And yeah. And so it's like, but I was willing to give them a season and see right. where this was going to go and, and then maybe even consider season two. Um, and right. I, I heard that they released season two. I don't know how it is, but um, I know when I started watching the Lord of the Rings, the Rings of Power. I realize that there, there's multiple things at play here. First of all, the Tolkien, right. the, the Tolkien estate said, "Yes, you have the right to the Lord of the Rings, but you can't talk about the First Age. You can't show Valinor. You can't discuss these characters, and you can't do any." So they hamstrung Amazon. Uh, oh my! God. Amazon, on the yeah. other hand, said, "All right, we're going to pay half a." billion dollars just for the rights just to get in the door and now we have a show to write well how are we going to write about the you know about the events of the second age and the first age that you know we had a direct bearing on it when we can't show morgoth we can't talk about you know so now we can only talk about sauron because he's from the third age so that's fine yeah, well he had some takes on the on in the second age and he created the rings of power but we can't talk about this character we can't talk about this oh, it's like wow. they had a chance to talk about certain characters from the appendices yeah. that they could have used and talked about um certain characters and developed a story that may have been interesting but instead they they went with galadriel and turned her into a fucking war machine 
instead of turning her into who she really was as a character. And they just completely bastardized a story and created something. And then, you know, and then obviously all the people are like, well, this is a fucking woke agenda. And now you got uh, the people railing against their woke agenda. Well, there weren't any black hobbits in the story. It's like, who cares about that? I don't give a fuck. You, they uh, weren't, were they? And I mean, I, I didn't read the books, but were they described as having <laughs> a specific skin color, you know? <laughs> it's, yes. I mean, give me a break. Uh, but there but are you, there, there are characters like the stores or, you know, which is a, a race of... Uh, of of hobbit like creatures that you know had a ruddy complexion and other things like that so right there are, there are characters it doesn't yeah. matter the skin color is irrelevant exactly. all right so you made you made you know uh you you know you have african-american actors playing the part of elves oh no uh, sacrilege i don't it's care so about dumb. those are the things that i don't care about what i do care right. about are you know, are um, you're playing it close to Tolkien's universe, telling yeah. the stories that we as you know, uh, it, these are fans. You have you using the name Lord of the Rings, the cachet of those of those names. You're bringing a fan base with expectations. Do it justice, because if you if you do it justice, the fan base is going to carry you to, to seasons two and three and beyond. And then their passion for the for the show is going to sell it to people who are maybe casual viewers but you have a fan base play to those strengths right talk about right. characters don't invent characters that have no bearing on, on on this story or or invent characters uh that you know that are going to piss people off because you're not telling a story that Tolkien intended sometimes for the storytelling again it maybe it, it you know for the for the books you have certain criteria but then when it comes to writing a show or a movie sometimes you have to add characters that fill a specific role i that, agree you know, with you, you sort of do that now i didn't yes. you know again i didn't read any of the books that's not you know tolkien isn't really Shame. Uh, i enjoy it i but i actually i did enjoy the show i didn't think it was phenomenal but i right. enjoyed it i mean it was it was pretty good and, so, I, and I, I have a feeling that <clears throat> come second season i think it'll actually get much better that's just kind of my take i feel like you know maybe this season we're kind of getting its bearings but i think by mm -hmm. the second season it should that's just my you know guess i stopped at the beginning of episode three i think or maybe i saw oh. episode three and i have to continue but i haven't continued to fit i haven't finished oh. season one so oh. i'm at see, the point where i'm at the point where i want to continue to see it just so i could say okay i'm 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 gonna give it a chance or i'm just I'm going to be done with it. But either either way, I don't want to just pan it because, oh, you have your woke agenda. I don't want to fight. You know, that's yeah, just childish. Exactly. Yeah, that's the unfortunate part of, of modern storytelling. I, I want my fantasy to be fantasy. I don't want a political agenda. I don't want right. Republicans and Democrats in my fantasy world or my science fiction world, for that matter, unless right. it tells the story like in The Expanse. There's a political agenda. Yeah, there's Earthers, Martians, the Belters. You know, there's there are these political factions, although they're all humanity spread across the, the galaxy and beyond. Um, right. You know, that show 
does it's it right specifically it, for that yes, i mean it, it, it started tells out the as, story yeah. right so right there are there's ways to tell a story um because you because it it helps to move the plot and it and it and it helps develop the characters that's great storytelling when you have a perfect storm of those of those elements but if you're changing a main character from a male to a female just because you want to satisfy that and it doesn't make any sense to do that and that character is or you have a character who's already rich and um and and a powerful being in her own right she doesn't need to be a warrior to make her impactful in the story you don't you know what I mean? That it, you're changing the elements of who this person is. She already possessed great strength and power, and she, in her own right, was in Galadriel. Sorry, mm-hmm. um, no, she, in her own right, was you know uh, an important part of the story. Not just in the third age, although you know she from the first age into the second, she's also a powerful character because she. And I'm going to go off on a tangent here, but. True. Um, uh, Faye, the character of Feanor, uh comes up with an oath that he swears against Melkor Morgoth, and he's mm-hmm. you know, and he f- makes his son, seven sons, swear this terrible oath that you know whoever holds a Silmaril in their you know and keeps the Silmarils from Feanor or from the sons of Feanor, uh, you know, they will they will not live like they will fight everyone mm-hmm. to the death to retrieve these 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 uh jewels they're sacred jewels but galadriel thinks to herself i don't want to stay in valinor anymore because i want to find a, a, a land that i can rule that i can make decisions for myself that no one else has come before me i can set the rules of my land and rule over a people she wanted to to you know through strength of will and and her lo- and character she decided i'm going to leave she never swore this blood oath and so she wasn't beheld you're beholden to the the animosity or the atrocities that happened where bloodshed like people your brother literally killed brother um, right, I, right in order to to uh, you know re- regain the silmarils so you have a, a character that is, you know, is incredibly powerful in her own right. And she comes to, you know, the aid in the third age. And so she was banned from Valinor, but because she aids the ring bearer in the quest and helps destroy, you know, through her, you know, um, aid, she helps, you know, for the, you know, helps them destroy the ring. She redeems herself and is able to go back to Valinor at the end. So, that story arc is amazing to me. And you, ha- you had right. the ability of telling a really interesting story within the confines. So you, it's it's bad storytelling. It's it's the Tolkien estate hamstringing the storytellers. But they they it's like so, a perfect storm of mistakes. So the Silmarils are in the first age or the second age? They're in the first age and they come into the second age. And, and oh. it's... And so they can so they can mention them like it, like they're not hamstrung by that. I don't they think they're allowed brought. to mention them because the Silmarillion. Oh, no wonder the, the Silmarillion is the title yeah. of the book that talks. I mean, it talks about the first and second age, but the the Silmarils are are stolen by Morgoth. They possess the light of the trees of Valinor, 
and it's you know and it's Feanor and and the oath of Feanor he kills people for he kills his own brothers and sisters uh and other you know he kills other elves in order to um to get the ships to go to middle earth um all of these horrible events unfold where thousands across thousands of years you know the bloodshed the sins of the father are passed down to the son none of Feanor's sons survive um eventually mm. all eventually the silmarils are either um hallowed to the point where they're completely out of touch of mortal men literally i think believe one of the silmarils goes on the prow of a ship and that ship gets set into the the firmament and becomes like the north the north star so to speak um, uh you know, but other the other Silmarils become lost for all time, and these were just incredible gems that possessed the light of the of the two trees, and so these they were hallowed and sacred to the point where Feanor's sons, when they finally get their hands on the Silmarils, they're burned and blackened like Morgoth was. So they, through their misdeeds, because of the blood oath that they swore, they couldn't possess these gems. Because they were, because of their evil deeds, the gems were holy. They couldn't even hold on to them. At that point, Feanor's son, one of his sons, committed suicide because oh, wow. because he yeah. realized, uh, you know, the history of his family, all the misdeeds that brought him to this, the, you know, brought his family low. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, that is there's so much great storytelling. From but Tolkien. yeah, but that's the thing. I mean, the 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 makers of the show i mean how yeah they were told they, you, you they, can't you can't yeah. write about this That's so it's ridiculous. like oh my god it's like That's okay ridiculous. well what can we write about right exactly and so, so you know so you can't i don't know can you fault them i don't know yes you know so okay. you can fault the tolkien estate uh you know and i know this well, is obviously them but yeah horror sci-fi fantasy all that stuff but yeah. you could you could fault them because yeah we're gonna take your half a billion dollars sure but you you gave them all of these stipulations and you you hamstrung the writers and so yeah you know tolkien had like forty thousand years of history that you could write about there's characters like baron and luthien it's almost like these reoccurring events where like in the in the Lord of the Rings, they really played up the love story between Aragorn and Arwen, and right. they talk about even in the uh, the Lay of Luthien, um, you know, and they talk about you know um, this type of these events where an elf falls in love with a mortal man, um, and they they you know those are recurring events. They they could have discussed you know they could have played on that story. They could have discussed. And like I said, I, I I don't I didn't get very far in the season, so I assume since they uh, showed Celeborn, uh, that you know he was going to. Um... Oh, I'm sorry. Okay. Um, no, there's a a character who creates the rings for the elves. Um, what the hell is his name? Oh, it's terrible. I'm drawing a blank. Um. um... Well, they already in this season, I mean, I guess I don't know if you've gotten that far, but they are, I mean, well, no, you haven't gotten that far, but they do make the rings, right? uh, Not all of them. But the elves make the three rings. Okay, so, so. Uh, maybe it's uh, Celebrimbor. I think. Yeah, uh, yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah, sorry. Celebrimbor, Celebrimbor, he makes the three rings, but 
Sauron never has his hand in the crafting of those rings. He helps provide the knowledge on how to create these magic rings um but it's but he has no direct contact with them so his power never enters them although the other rings are tied up in the same magics and so that's why at the end of the third age um when the one ring is destroyed all of the power of all of the rings disappears and that's why you know uh you know uh, gandalf has one of the rings um and galadriel has one of the rings and in the third age they don't talk about it but um uh, elrond has the other ring he has um you know gil galad's ring so the three of them have to depart and they bring the rings with them because the power diminished and is and goes out of the of the middle age you know the, the middle earth so Anyway, so but the point being is that I'm sure they could have told an interesting tale without having to create or fabricate uh, these these other events. Um, but I think they, like I said, it's it's good storytelling versus bad storytelling, uh, as well as uh, being told no, you can't discuss these other points. And it's like you know, I think the Tolkien right. estate should have said, you can talk about all these major points, but we don't want you to discuss this, this, or this, you know? Right, um, right, right. Um, anyway, but, we can go on and on, but I have to see the rest of it. I mean, there were some moments actually, as I was watching, where I there were a couple of, uh, oh shit moments, you know, where things oh, yeah? happened. I was like, oh shit, you know? So, okay. I, yeah, yeah, I actually, um, you know, for, for someone who's, you know, an outsider, I suppose, it was um, enjoyable. I, you know, it okay, wasn't cool. Like I said, it wasn't fantastic. It wasn't like, oh, shit. But but there were some moments where I was like, oh, my God, you know. I OK, cool. It. I did. I enjoyed it. Well, good. Um, then, I'm, then I'm looking forward to checking out the rest of the season. Maybe we can talk about this after I'm done with it. Yeah, why not? You know, I mean, I know it's our whole thing is horror, but, you know, like, like we said, it's it's all interconnected anyway. But um, the one issue I did have with it is none of the characters were like like with by the first episode, for example, of The Lord of the Rings uh, with the Fellowship of the Rings. You really had a uh, an affinity towards the, especially the hobbits, you know, like you really like those characters. Yeah, it's not quite as, you know, like and you have a whole like what seven or eight episodes for you to make you really love these characters and and it just didn't you know uh didn't pull you in quite as much yeah because the characters so the characters of the these hobbit like characters because they're not quite hobbits the uh, the hobbits didn't show up in this part of the the second age i think it was like the very beginning of the third age when the hobbits appear um yeah it was still thousands of years but um these these characters are completely fabricated none of them exists in tolkien's world okay Um, i don't know who the character is that falls out of the sky my assumption was that it was sauron i have no idea Um, oh so that didn't happen in the uh that uh, that doesn't happen i don't i don't remember Mm -hmm. any of that stuff happening in any of the texts so i think that was completely made up um you know they do they explain who it is but I'm okay. not, not going to talk. You know, I'm not going to ruin yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. I'll but, start watching yeah. it and we can check it out. Yeah. So, uh, anyway, you know, I I think I understand where you're coming from to go back to the writing part. There, um, I feel like lately a lot of the a lot of writers, especially on shows like uh, that you see on Netflix and Amazon, a lot of the writing is very sloppy. 
Um, I, I, I found out why it's kind of interesting. Oh, talk to me about that. All right. So with, with shows originally, like if you go back to the, you know, whatever, seventies, eighties, nineties, um, you had shows that were first of all, episodic where every episode was so, um, you know, story that there was no bleed through, you know, as far as like a large story arc or anything like that, that was, uh, pretty much non-existent or, or usually, uh, if it exists, it was very, very thin, like a very mild story arc that kind of, uh, you know, went across the season, but one that when they started doing that, you really couldn't have uh, seasons that lasted a full 20, 20, uh, you know, 24, e- uh, episodes per season. Cause that's what those old shows were like in seventies, eighties, nineties, you know, sure. now most seasons are at most eight exactly say 10 at the very most you know and so the writers they're looking to pay the bills so they're at the same time that they're writing they're either looking to get another gig or they're working on another storyline and so the quality isn't great you know so it seems kind of rushed so that's why this is happening. And now the um, executives are aware that this is happening. And so they have to do something about it. And I don't know what they're going to do, hmm. but it, maybe it means paying the writers more. I was just going to say, maybe they need to start paying the talent more. Exactly. You know, they get they get a massive, you know, one or two big stars. They pay them $10 million and everyone right. else is freaking sucking dicks for beer yeah. money. You think that's bad. You should see the the special effects guys. Those people are worked to the bone. Like they really like they have to work like, you know, uh, 12 hour shifts and, you know, oftentimes a full week. You know, I mean, they really bust their asses on that and and they get paid shit. And that's why there's now I've been hearing uh, that they, they might be going on strike. Um, a lot Good. of the studios, yeah, yeah, man. I mean, it's it's really crazy. Hey, it's a union job. These guys get benefits and everything else, but they still got to pay the bills like everybody else. Yeah, exactly. They it's, need, it's, you know, it's not easy. I mean, this is a, you know, and, and you know what it is. It's difficult to monetize some someone's creativity. You know, you have right. creative output, but when you when you mandate, hey, you got to put in fifteen hour days in order to get this out on time. It's like holy shit. Right. Like how how are we going to do that now? You're working fifteen hour days, you know, months on end. Am I am I making eighty grand a year anymore? Not really, because now right. I'm you know now I'm putting in twice the amount of time, and I'm making the same amount of money. Maybe and you get lucky if you get overtime. Yeah, and especially now with with the way movies and shows are. I mean, like for example, that this uh, uh, Ring of Power, it's so you know, uh, special effects laden, like you're talking every yes. episode is like a, a a full movie, you know, and the detail and the color and the scope and grandeur is is astonishing. Like the it costumes was, alone the in the costumes, in the rings of power. Exactly, exactly. Crazy. I mean, these really are the. Uh, I, I could honestly say that they're of the same caliber as the movies, as far as 
you yeah, know, the, it, the, it, the, they did a good job. It looked decent. It really it did. looks phenomenal. In my opinion. I mean, it really just the everything, the color grading and the, you know, all the, you know, all the CGI, the ships and the, you know, really amazing. It's a billion dollar series. I mean, yeah, they, yeah, they, they exactly. spent, they threw a lot of money at this project. They really right. did. So, yep. Yeah. No, I get it. But, you know, then you get platforms that are notoriously cheap, like Netflix, and you don't make a dime working for Netflix. Right. And they were even saying the same thing about HBO back in the day. And the right. HBO shows were notoriously underpaying people. And it was only until I would say in the last 15 or you know t maybe 20 years that they started to pay well, at least well right. enough where people were flocking to it. They were getting great writers and special effects artists and and actors right. you know and i think that yeah. the shift there was a paradigm shift at some point where movies were everything and then the paradigm shift was now it's t you know for a long time tvs were you know tv shows were where it's at they were getting amazing writers uh, right. people you know that directors that were you know famous for their movies were coming in and directing tv shows yeah yeah and so um yeah, man. I don't know. It's it's not a and and to bring it back to, you know, horror, there's been a lot of horror shows. And I don't mean mainstream stuff like American Horror Story, but legitimate, you know, shows that were, you know, were coming out with interesting content. The Cabinet of Curiosities, one of them, which right, came right. out of left field like I really wasn't expecting that. But I love Guillermo Me del neither. Toro. Exactly. And, uh, exactly. and you know what? Some of these episodes are a little bit better than others, but when you have an anthology, that's to be expected because exactly. you got different writers and directors telling a story. All in all, Cabinet of Curiosities was such a great uh, you know, great series. I mean, I binged it in like two days. I saw all the episodes and I was like, man, it was so good. Um, yeah. And I found it to be really engaging. Each episode felt like its own movie. Some of them oh, longer yeah. than others, but they were just so cinematic and and really well done that I really am looking forward. I, I can't wait for a season two. I think it's going to be great. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I'm actually enjoying it a lot. Again, like you said, some, you know, it's, it's some some are better than others, but uh, overall, it's actually uh, pretty darn good. Um, yeah. Another show, actually, I, I was watching maybe, I don't know, three, actually, say, I'd say maybe five episodes. It, it was pretty good. Then I think it was like six episodes. Then by the seventh, it really just crashed for me, unfortunately, uh, was Sandman. See, I, I'm only on episode two. I, I finished episode two and I was going to start episode three. And then I found out that it was canceled. Oh, really? Yeah. So oh, then I it was only season yeah. one and then they're done. And I'm like, well, I, I'm not going to invest all this time into the show. Yeah, I could see why. I mean, um, I again, I, I probably will finish it. But the last two episodes again it was like me i think it was seven or eight uh seven and eight um that i think it was the seventh one it was just bad it was really bad i was really? like oh and the thing is it, is it followed an episode that was fantastic oh shit i was like oh you can't do that i hate, you know? I hate just, that oh ah, that. that's terrible you know yeah. like all right if you're gonna have a crappy one and then follow it with a, a good one you know you have to leave a good to uh, you know say some people's mouths yeah man. so yeah yeah um, oh shit that sucks 
Part yeah, of so man. at that Sorry. point, I was like, oh, you know what? I'm not going to do it. And that's what I hate. It's like, let them tell the story, all right? You know, let it come into its own. Just yeah. you know, the problem is it's like they they expect it to be released and suddenly be Squid Game. Right, yeah. And and you know what? It, it, you can't capture lightning in a bottle, but sometimes shows need time to develop. It's like, exactly. look at yeah. John Carpenter's The Thing. I'll talk about this all the time. It came out in the theater. It got fucking panned by critics. It right, went nowhere. Right. John Carpenter was like, yeah. I don't know if I'm going to have a career after this movie. It's right, like, right. The yeah. movie is brilliant. It's genius. But, you know, I don't hear people talking about E.T. at all. Right. right. You, you get a conversation going inadvertently. John Carpenter's The Thing is going to come up. And both exactly. of those movies came out at the same time. Everyone knows the story. E.T. was beloved. And the thing was a nihilistic, you know, a gory disaster. No one wanted to see it or, or talk about it. And yeah. it's funny how time moves yeah, yeah. things, you know, into a place where right. it gives it time. Yeah. yeah, it gives it time right. to develop. It gives it time for people to see it and like fucking get it. You know what I mean? But it, right, now you're, right. you're not giving people a chance to get it yet. And some shows aren't easily digested you know you you need time to figure this out and people you know and they don't want that they want right the instant gratification hey we're gonna throw 10 million dollars at this we want our return on a return on our investment immediately, immediately. we don't want to see it next exactly. year we're not going to come up with a season two if you don't get the streaming numbers that we want and i get it they have to pay the bills too but you have to give a show a chance to develop and and you know uh, create its audience you have to give it a chance and um i think they make yeah. that mistake time and time again where they're not allowing some of these shows to do that which is why um the expanse is one of my favorite sci-fi shows of all time it was on the sci-fi channel the best thing they ever did was was get rid of it and cancel the show because it immediately went to amazon prime where it found its home and they told the six season story that they were trying to tell. The books are fantastic. I will always talk to you about this show because you guys need to watch the show. It's just so well done. The characters are well acted. The story is, um, you know, the story arc because it goes through six yeah. seasons and um, what happens to humanity. It, right. It's just brilliant. Like the showrunners knew exactly what they were doing. And I just love it. I, I It's just one of the best shows. And it shows really what people can do with great storytelling, with a decent budget. When there's no bullshit, but you allow a show to develop over time. It really is wonderful. And yeah, I, I mean, I just can't say enough good things about this show. So anyway, I know we've been chatting on with over an hour we didn't get a chance to really talk about the shows that we wanted to talk about we kind of got you know off on a fucking tangent with lord of the rings um we, we got off on a couple of tangents so we did yeah. but we haven't spoken yeah. in a while so we needed to catch up somehow exactly uh, exactly so, you know um the next show we're gonna it'll be succinct we will be discussing a, a single story um we're not sure what that is going to be at this moment of time because you have a couple of shows that you're going to catch up on and yeah, a couple of movies um, that you need to catch up on. Exactly. Uh, the Menu, yeah. Pearl, the menu, and Pearl. X. Well, X I saw already. 
Okay. Um, what about Smile? You didn't. We no, didn't see Smile. That, no, no, neither of us did. So we need to catch up on Smile too. So maybe the, over the course of the next three days, you and I can catch up on some of these shows and movies, and then we'll come back strong. But we just wanted to get some of the stuff off our chest. Rock and roll. All right, folks. Thanks for joining Cinema Slaughter. I'm Omar Atia. And I am Leonard the Man Bucciolato. And uh, thanks for tuning in. We'll talk to you guys later. Uh, peace out. Yeah.